Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. It's a little late on Wednesday, but we're still doing a preview show for this weekend's game, USC versus California. We have Ryan Gorsey, who's the publisher of BearTerritory.net, going to join us in just a second to talk about USC versus California. Um, thanks so much. We're going to probably do another show tomorrow. I'll probably do a solo podcast on Thursday to answer more of your USC questions. So if you have any more questions, you want to send them in, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address you can leave us a voicemail 641-715-3900 extension 816-646 you go to our website peristylepodcast.com and click on the left side of the page from your device uh, your computer wherever you want to do you can leave us a voicemail there right from your computer and of course subscribe on itunes itunes.com slash podcast. we'd love you to leave us a five-star rating subscribe from iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is. A lot of different ways you can consume the show. We really appreciate that. All right, let's bring in Ryan Gorsey from BearTerritory.net. Does a great job for Scout.com covering the sturdy Golden Bears of California. You can follow him on Twitter at RG Bear Territory. That's at RG Bear Territory. Ryan Gorsey, thank you so much for joining the show, man. How you doing? It's doing great. I want to say it's the dirty golden bear losing all his hair. That's the way it goes, isn't it? <laughs> That's according to the USC band song, I think. But you know, what's the? Uh... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it should be a really uh, interesting game um, this weekend uh, up in Berkeley, USC and Cal. Um, you know, USC the the LA schools really looked pretty bad for a couple of weeks, and then uh, somehow they turn things around and you know get the you know big win. UCLA got a big win over Cal, and, and USC gets a big win over. Utah, what's what do you think uh, of what's going on with Cal now? Starting off five and zero, kind of you know stumbling a little bit the last couple of games. Where, where is this Berkeley team right now? Well, I mean, you look at the Utah game, and that was uh, I I don't think Jared Goff's going to play a game that poorly for the rest of his life, and that's going to include when he's like sixty five and throwing uh, Nerf balls in the parking lot of the Super Bowl <laughs> uh, for five dollars a pop. Well, let's be realistic, probably twenty five dollars a pop. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to throw five picks again anytime soon. And the, the, the remarkable thing about that game, though, is he throws five picks and Cal is still within six points, beating at that time the number four team in the nation. Yeah. So you, you have to feel pretty good about that, particularly because the defense got like three, three turnovers in that game and, and Utah had barely turned the ball over until then. And then, <laughs> oh, and then they run into the Trojans and they just turned the ball over everywhere. So maybe Cal maybe kickstarted that. I don't know. But, <laughs> You know, uh, it was it, it, the biggest problem the past two games. Well, there are two, it, it's twofold. Number one, Daniel Lasko has not had any kind of a meaningful role because it's taken him so long to get back from that weird hip groin injury that he suffered against San Diego State. You know, and that's really four or five games now where he has not either not been a factor or been uh, had very minimal. He 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 was the guy who pitched the flea flicker back for that forty-two some odd yard uh, bomb that Goff threw uh, to Maurice Harris in the UCLA game. But really, the lack of a running game and the consistent running game. Cal average before Lasko went, or actually 
you, you extend that to Texas, Glasgow's first game not playing, where Texas really still had to prepare to think that maybe Glasgow was going to play. Uh, you know, Cal ran for 280 yards. In the first three games, Cal ran for uh, 5.4 yards to carry. Since then, they've ran for 3.3. Uh, so a lack of a consistent running game. Jared Goff, opposing teams have just been teeing off on Jared Goff. And that's just because the tackles have not been good. At this point in the season, what are you going to do? Bring somebody in? You can't. There's nobody else. you got to go with what brung you. And that's right now Cal's got to deal with uh, either either Aaron Cochran or Brian Farley on the left and Stephen Moore on the right. And right now they're not looking good. Uh, and, and the second thing is, hey, Cal's defense has been so predicated on the turnover, the 20 turnovers on the on the season, that you, you go into and they only got one against UCLA. And, and they had four other balls they probably could have picked off. Now, if Cal picks off two of those, you know, that, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a 14 point swing. And then, hey, you punch one in from, from deep instead of going for a field goal, you know, third and one. Jared Goff throws up a 50 yard bomb to Bryce Trey that's, that's out of his reach. Maybe a different play call there. You get that, you know, if Cal has a running game, you get that fresh set of downs and you can punch it in. All of a sudden, you know, that's a, that's a 40 to 24 point loss. The three scores makes a huge difference. So, I think that's uh, that. That's what the last two games have shown us for Cal. You know, Jared Goff needs to be better. Uh, needs to be sharper, more accurate, particularly on the deep balls. Cal is over five against UCLA on the deep ball, so he needs to be better. Daniel Asco, you know, we keep saying it every week. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he'll play. We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, he's looked good, so we'll see on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, the good thing with Jared Goff, he spreads it around quite a bit. I think seven different, uh, receivers have caught at least 13 passes through the first few, you know, first seven games. Um, you know, from Bryce Treggs and, uh, you know, Lawler, all those guys have just been, seem to do a really good job for him. The fact that he can spread it around seems to help, but the, the turnover side for me, it's, it seems more like kind of a feast or famine sort of thing where it's, a, it, you know, the Cal defense was, was pretty bad last year. I think they're better this year. But relying a lot on those takeaways, almost like a big, you know, a home run type of offense where if you're not getting home runs, uh, that the offenses are, you're not hitting a lot of singles. You're not, you know, stealing bases, moving the ball over, you know, moving the base runners over. It seems like for Cal me, this Cal Adam def- Dunn of college football defenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, 22 takeaways leads the nation. Uh, but like you said, only one against, against UCLA and really, and you're right. I mean, I, there was, I saw, you know, Josh Rosen throw balls to Cal defenders and they just dropped them. And I think if you can pick off a true freshman early in the game a couple of times, you can really change the the whole outcome of it. But it's it seems to me, Ryan, that really that the turnovers, Cal needs those turnovers to be successful. Maybe they need some more hot tubs in their dorm rooms. <laughs> I think that's the real solution. I think that's what we're really missing up here in Berkeley is hot tubs <laughs> in the dorm rooms. He got that taken away though, uh, so I there is that. justice uh, somewhere in, in UCLA. I did hear that, but you know, he invited a, a an Arizona co-ed to come join him in the you know, his hotel room, so he pretty much wins. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to high five him for that. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, you're kind of coming off like a tool, but you're a well used tool. So hey, good for you. <laughs> um, I want to talk about penalties a little bit because last year, you know, when Cal was struggling, one of the worst uh, in the in the conference. Now it's turned around and really one of the best. Uh, where you're not shooting yourself in the foot as much. I mean, how how much do you think that's helped Cal this year? Oh, it's so much. I mean, and as much as I, I you know, as much as I, I, I go at the offensive line, I mean, you, you have to realize that, that so many of those penalties were on the offensive line because it was either inexperience 
or over aggressiveness. And boy, when they screw up in practice now, uh, you know, Brandon Jones, the, the, the new offensive line coach this year, he makes them pay and he makes them stay after. And, and not, not that Zach Gensler didn't, but, uh, Brandon Jones, I think, is a little more of a caster in that sense. So, you know, you, you damn well better not screw up or there will be consequences. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think that's helped Cal. And really, the only, what, the only time they've shot themselves in the foot is, is it's their own doing. It's not penalties. Uh, it's, I, you know, that really is their own doing as well. It, they, it, it's the dropped balls at times. It's the weird play calling. It's the misexecution. That's what's really hurting Cal. You look at the fact that Cal has not played 60 minutes of football on all three sides of the ball. Everyone's had their, everyone's had their game where they've taken time off, and that's what's really been hurting Cal. But you know what? The, the fact that Cal's so, so far less penalized than they have been in the past, I think it shows you have a very, very, very veteran team. I mean, yeah, even, even the kids, even the, even the freshmen that are playing, you know, Sumisu Luave, Patrick McCary, two, two true freshmen who are playing along the line have not been penalized that much when they've played. Granted, it's not a whole, not a very large sample size. But yeah, and, and boy, Darius White gets away with a lot in the defensive backfield. I'll tell you that. We see more pass interferences per practice than I can remember. But boy, you know, during the game, he seems to make it work. It's an aggressive style. You got you got to like that on you. I like defensive guys that are aggressive. You know. Yeah, and especially because he got thrown in the fire so quickly last year. Really, he missed all of fall camp, and then at Washington State against him, he's going to throw it seventy times a game. Hey, best of luck. Pat him on the butt and send him in. All right, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, this year, though, uh, White and Darius Alvarez have been so dependable, really, uh, at, at the cornerback position. My concern has been safety. Cal brought in eight new defensive backs, and, and we've really seen very few of them play when we expected them, frankly, all to play at some point in the year. You know, we've seen Evan Rambo at times. Uh, Kahari Vanderbilt was the JC guy they brought in. He really hasn't played much. Uh, Daron Brown, JC guy brought in, hasn't played much. Antoine Albert, JC guy they brought in, hasn't played much. You see a guy like Luke Rubenzer, who was a quarterback a year ago, he's getting snaps ahead of those guys, and frankly, that, that concerns me. I don't know why it concerns me, but it, it, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's bad, but it can't be good. Uh, that's, that's my thought with it. But it, it, the, the cornerbacks have been very, very steady. The nickelbacks have been, been, been fairly steady because we've seen a lot of nickel and dime out of Cal this year, but, but the safeties outside of your starters, Stephen McClure and Stephen McClure and Demarie Drew, and boy, you know we're we're talking as you know all the Cal beat writers, at least those of us who live in the Bay Area, were were talking with each other for uh, for practice the other day, and we're saying how many NFL guys are really on this roster or really on this defense, and and we all kind of looked around at each other, and at the same time we all sort of like really cautiously said Demarie Drew. Because, of course, he said last year at Buchanan Community College after getting into an altercation with a student and a student's dog and uh, had to go through anger management, had to take classes, uh, and came back as an off scholarship guy. And he has been, I think, what we all had hoped Avery Sebastian was going to be at some point during his career at Cal, off injured as he was. And he really has been. He's been exactly what, what we thought, you know, a really down, a real downhill, hard-hitting guy. He's lost weight. He's definitely better in coverage. We're seeing him be more active particularly kind of in the middle field, uh, you know, you know, not, not, not the down low stuff, not run, but then not the deep, but kind of in that middle area. He's been really good there. 
the outside of those two safeties, Seth McClure, obviously the veteran, and Demarie Drew, there's a drop off uh, up the middle. And with so many JC guys that Cal brought in, you're kind of wondering, well, why are they playing them? Uh, although Kari Vanderbilt has made made some hay on special teams, and Evan Rambo uh, has done pretty well himself. But you know, again, I I I think the secondary still. I think would be considered a weakness, not as much as the, a weakness as I think the linebackers, as we saw against UCLA. The uh, I want to talk about the Cal run defense a little bit. I thought you know did a pretty good job against uh, Utah, which is a good running team. Um, I mean, not that, certainly not an easy task there. USC looks to be more of a, you know they they took more snaps under center against Utah. They ran the football more than they passed it. And they got Trey Madden back this week. And I kind of get the feeling if, if I had to guess what the USC game plan is going to be, I think it's going to be more, you know, running the football, play action passes, kind of things like that. Maybe talk about what the, the cow run defense has been like this year. Well, I don't think the run defense looked that good against UCLA. And I think the difference there, and I'm talking about the cow defenders, UCLA did a lot more. And they, I think UCLA uh, offensively, I think philosophically is closer to cow than they are to say USC. In the sense that there are a lot of run-pass combinations. You see a lot of that with young quarterbacks. Um, and Jerry Goff now pretty much has control over that run-pass option. And what, what UCLA was doing is Paul Perkins was just so good uh, against against Cal that and he was on, he was on those run-pass options where it looks like play action from afar. And Cal was was fitting to stop the run, couldn't stop Perkins, and then got so gun-shy about Perkins, that they were crashing to stop the road, and then all of a sudden, now the pass option opens up, and Rosen hit like five or six slants to Thomas Duarte, where you're looking within a, a six, seven, eight-yard radius, you're like, where are the blue shirts? You know, or you know, where are the white shirts? And nobody's there. And I, I think that it, uh, Cal's run defense, obviously, like I said, did a pretty decent job against Booker, USC did a little bit better job limiting him to 62 yards, and then Utah to 99 yards as a whole. I think Cal's four-man front, if it plays the way it can, and I think against a more traditional, you know, kind of under center team like USC, that pro-style team, I think the four-man front is perhaps a better a better option. Cal has been rushing three at times, I think nine times against UCLA. They rushed three. And uh, Sunday Dykes and Art Kaufman, the defensive coordinator, have both said, that rushing three has sometimes led to better defense, and frankly, because then you can drop another guy into coverage, and that's where your interceptions come. But uh, and they've, sometimes they've gotten sacks out of out of a three-man rush, and then they've not gotten sacks out of a four-man rush. But I think having James Looney and uh, and 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 Mustafa Julio, and then behind them Marcus Manley and David Davis, and then behind them Tony McCary. Although I think McCary really now is uh, first or second at this point. Uh, McCary and Trevor Kelly. You know, I, I think that's really the strength of your defense is your interior defensive line. And that's where, if Cal is going to be successful defending and run, you're going to see those guys pop up the middle a lot. We had a few uh, questions on the message board, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind answering some of those from some of the USC fans. Sure, let's go. All right. Uh, Lambda Kai Trojan says, what's the injury report like for Cal? And how is former uh, Trojan, he said for a minute, Devontae Wilson doing? You know what, Devontae Wilson, I think, is one of Cal's better uh, better pass rushers. I don't think it's going to show so much in the stats, but he pressures so much off the edge, and he is so big, so strong, and so athletic, and so quick. He really is. If you're looking, if you are looking at Cal's defensive line, and you go, which one of these guys is going to the NFL? You pick him. 
immediately, just just on the eyeball test. And he really shows it out uh, on the field, on the practice field. He's really matured a lot. You know, he has a kid now, and he's really grown up a lot since his time with USC. And uh, it really is one of the more impressive guys to speak with. Really well spoken, and boy, hey, you know, thanks. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, he's he's doing a pretty good job up here. As far as the injury report, uh, uh, gun to my head, I think Aaron Cochran starts on Saturday uh, at left tackle, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Farley starts. I think he had a foot injury. Uh, Jack Austin, wide receiver, he's back. He had a sprained knee. Uh, and Michael Barton. And you're talking about run defense. Boy, Michael Barton is probably one of the faster, more athletic linebackers that Cal has. He's going to be out. It looks like he has not practiced at all this week uh, with a sprained knee. And that, that really weakens Cal's, uh, Cal's run defense because really now the next athletic guy you have is Devontae Downs. And mm, that's it. Jalen Jefferson, very, very good college player. He's absolutely a lunch pail guy. He will get you where you need to go. Hardy Nickerson. For all this football IQ is still very, very, very slow afoot. So you, you know, taking one of your two really high-level linebackers out, you know, Nathan Broussard is good, but you know he's working on he's working on bad knees there. Um, so you know, taking take taking one of your your best linebackers out, that's going to hurt a lot. Um, and he he was not in the rotation, I think, as much as he should have been. But that's still a, a big concern. Uh, beyond that. Uh, Stephen McClure had a shoulder. Uh, I think he's uh, fairly okay now. I think uh, Cedric Dozier was in red earlier this week. He's been playing very sparingly, and when he has, he's not been impressive. Uh, And and that's really – and then there's Daniel Asco, which is the the big question mark. I think that's the biggest question mark uh, we can have going in, uh, is whether uh, whether we will see him. I think if he – Takes 20 snaps, 20, 30 snaps. Not, not necessarily 20, 30 handoff, 20, 30 snaps. I think Cal's going to be in, the, in, in, in a good spot. All right, cool. Uh, we had, uh, Missing Brain Cells, which is a cool name on the message board. Had a few, he had a few things. So I'll, I'll read them one at a time and you can get yeah. your quick thoughts, I guess, on each one. He said, the first one is in the two recent losses, has Cal remained committed to the running game or when they fall behind, did they just quote unquote air it out? Yeah, to some extent, but I will say this, and, and I haven't charted out, I know the numbers in front of me, but just, you know, uh, first blush, you know, Tony Franklin himself was a running back at, uh, you know, at, at, at Murray State, and he is coaching the running backs, and I have seen more of a commitment to the run, at times frustratingly so, because you realize that as, as good as Vic and Weary and Kofani Muhammad and Trey Watson are going to be, they're not Daniel Asco. Maybe some of their parts are, but they, they in fact are not. And that's, that's really hurt Cal. Now, Kofan Muhammad, boy, you put him in a straight line race, foot race against anybody and he'll win. I'll take him over anybody except Secretariat. Although Secretariat's dead, so he's got a good shot. So <laughs> I, that would be, I, I, Trey Watson, again, I think is going to be very, 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 very good at, at, at a Corona Centennial, so out of, out of LA. Uh, you know, I, I think, and Vic and Weary, incredibly powerful, incredibly strong, and he's grown so much as a running back this year. But again, none of them are Daniel Alasco. Yeah, Muhammad's that great. said, when Muh- Cal's gotten into third and short, and sometimes they'll throw, and that <laughs> irks me a little bit as a guy who likes some of you know. Hey, I grew up, uh, you know, with with USC. I grew up with the three yards and a cloud of dust, and then we'll chuck it, you know. Uh, so I, I I grew up with with the hard charging running backs and. 
And I personally like that a little bit more. But so sometimes Tony Franklin does backslide. But there is more of a commitment to the run now, which I think philosophically is a good thing. They haven't been getting the results. Again, you put Daniel Asco out there, and I think we're having a different conversation. I've liked Mohammed what he's was when he comes in. He seems to make some big plays. He he is, and, and you know what? He's gotten a lot shiftier than than I had than than we than I had seen him before. He's really added that, which is funny because he spent the entire offseason running in straight lines with the check team. So uh, <laughs> he's he's actually added. Maybe he's doing a steeplechase. I don't know. He's actually added a little bit. Uh, maybe he is the steeple. I don't know. Uh, he's added more back and forth, a little more a little more side to side, and he certainly looked like when boy when he hits the hole, he's gone. But yeah. Again, I, I think he's, you know, again, he's not, he's shorter than me. And he'll debate it, and I'll debate it. We'll stand next to each other, and he's still shorter than me, and he still says it's not true. But I have a picture proving it's true. He's still shorter than me, and he's as well-built as he is, he's still a small running back. Yeah. Uh, his second one was, is the fall-off in Goff's performance simply due to a different level of competition, like tougher opposition, tougher opposition, or is there something else going on, you think? Uh, I think against Utah, he was still dealing with, um, I, I've called it unspecified bodily irregularities, uh, in <laughs> wow. which is to say that that there was something wrong with him. We don't know what it was, but coaches have said that there was something wrong, but they won't. It's, it's a very odd situation, but I, and I do think that he was just not right for whatever reason against Utah. And like I said, everyone's going to have a bad game. You get hit as much as he gets hit. And you look at the highlights, and really you look at the game film. I've seen him step on more toes of defensive linemen than any other quarterback. And by that, I mean he will step into the pressure and deliver the throw and then get popped. So when you're watching the ball go down the field, oh, great, it's a catch, or oh, great, it's an incompletion, he's doing that with a 320-pound, three man in his face. And sometimes it's his own, the backs of his own offensive linemen. Now, not as bad as in years past. He got sacked, gosh, 33 times, I think, as a freshman. But um, he's, a lot of it is he just takes a lot of punishment that you don't see unless you're looking to hit the entire time and not looking downfield. And I think that sort of starts to wear on you a little bit. Although he doesn't back down. I mean, I, I think the, the, the game at UCLA, the two balls to Bryce Treg, I think if you ask Bryce honestly, he should have caught both of them. And those are two 25, 30, 40-yard passes that changed the game, frankly. And, 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 and same thing with Kenny Waller. I mean, these are your two most available guys in the last two games. They've just not played like the guys that we know. Hey, look at the short passes, the slants, the quick outs. Goff's hitting them every time. But, you know, the, 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 the deep balls, it's, it's a little bit more of a collaboration. Uh, so I, in summation, I think, yeah, you're playing teams that are going to cover your guys tighter, but at the same time, if you don't have a running game, teams can drop eight and, and play man, and they're going to play man until you beat man. And right now, Cal's not beating anything except themselves. And one last one for missing brain cells. If USC plays with the physicality they displayed against Utah last Saturday, can Cal match up with them along both lines? What do you think? No. <laughs> I, I flat out no. Um, that, that is something that Cal is, uh, this offense is a finesse offense. More often than not, it's not an offensive line firing off the ball. It's, uh, it, it, they retreat a few steps because they let the defensive line come into them and then make the second move, which philosophically is a good idea. 
uh, and in and in battle, it's a good idea, but uh, maybe not necessarily when you're facing a USC defensive line. Um, you, you know, Utah was a very physical team. Yes. And again, along both lines, you have a big offensive line and a big defensive line with with a low to a junior there in the middle. Uh, you know, beating beating on people. So I, I think Cal has the capability to slug it out. I think that, that there it, it exists in them. Because we've seen, you know, hey, that Utah game, in years past, that team would have folded like a cheap death chair on the Titanic. <laughs> and they didn't. They kept slugging. And that's something, again, we talked about the penalties, the maturity of this offense and the maturity of these players. I, I think they are capable. Now, at, at, at some point, it's just going to be the athleticism and the size and the speed might become too much. Now, I, I, Cal's defensive line, hey, Kyle Craig your best sack guy, and he's a little undersized. James Looney, I think, is an NFL guy. You know, and Mustafa Jalil, I think he has within him a professional somewhere. Uh, again, same with Devontae Wilson. So I think the capability is there. I, I, I don't know. I, I think if USC come, it, it's, it's going to be a 12-round fight, and I think Cal is, is, Cal is good if it can get a first or second round knockout. But you start getting the sixth, 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 seventh, and eighth rounds, and all of a sudden, that you know that heavyweight gets tired. And then we got one last one for you, Ryan. Uh, thanks for being uh, patient and, and answering these questions. Um, Carrillo or Carrillo, I don't know. C C A R R I L L O. A lot of double letters. Fifty-five and a double number. He wants to know. He says Cal lost their offensive coordinator last year, uh, yet they seem to be even better this year. Is the head coach calling the plays? Do the players know the system more? Is is Jared Goff just that good? What is it? Cal still is the same offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> it's he's still Tony Franklin. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and incidentally, and, and this is a great story. I was able to get the exclusive on it uh, earlier this week. Uh, it's, it's the Joe Roth game, and I think USC fans will remember uh, 1976 uh, or 1975, rather. Joe Roth, uh, the, a Cal coming off the loss at UCLA, came home to play USC, and it was a shocking win over a top-10 team. Uh, and Joe Roth led the Bears with, uh, I think, 340 passing yards, which at that time was unheard of. Uh, passed away uh, in 1977 uh, from, from melanoma. And at the, at the time, Tony Franklin was a senior running back in high school in Kentucky, and he followed Joe Roth. And then five years later, he himself had his own cancer scare and, and was in his skull. It's like a... Uh, the, this type of cancer presents itself in one's skull less than 1% of all cases. Uh, and, and he was lucky, you know, three days after he was diagnosed, they took a piece of his skull out. Uh, and he said that the Joe Roth story, seeing a guy who was in his age group, uh, a guy who he looked up to as a, as a football player, uh, fight the cancer and, and, and kind of stand up and say, I'm not, I'm not going to let this beat my team um, and just the way he went about it, the way he carried himself was so inspirational to him. And of course, now I knew a documentary, Don't Quit the Joe Roth Story, which really, if, if you are a college football fan, it will punch you in the chest and then kick you in the gut and then knee you in the groin. Uh, because <laughs> it is just, it's, it's a, it is a, a heartbreaking story. And Tony Franklin, I, I found this, you know, I talked with him the other day and then revealed that throughout his, his cancer scare, he thought of Joe Roth the entire time, and then to come to Cal, a place where Joe Roth is so venerated uh, with his number there on the side, 
uh, the only retired number in Cal football history. Uh, it really, it, it, it's a great story. Uh, and, and folks, if you have a chance again, don't quit the Joe Roth story. It's, uh, uh, bring your tissues because whether you're, whether you like Cal or not, if you're a college football fan or if you're a, a, an observer of the human condition, as we all are as reporters, it's, uh, it's something. It's really something. Oh, cool. Well, hey, Ryan, we really appreciate that. And, uh, thanks. Uh, hopefully people take advantage of it, but thanks for coming on the, uh, our little Peristyle podcast show and previewing the USC Cal game, the weekender with the, the USC fans called. They all, all the, the students drive up there to San Francisco and, hang out and go to the pier and all that kind of fun stuff and then go over to the game. Should be a fun weekend. Cool. Well, yeah, they're going to have to get a nice day drunk going because it's the noon kickoff. So they're <laughs> going to have to have breakfast margaritas or something on a Saturday. I like that breakfast margaritas. It's always good to go up there. You get like a, you know, clam chowder and a sourdough bowl, something like that. It's, it's usually fun. Yeah. And a strawberry margarita for your fruit serving for the morning. There you go. It's a perfectly balanced breakfast. Sweet. All right. Well, Ryan Gorsey, definitely check him out on Twitter and on bear, at bearterritory.net, part of the scout.com network. Thanks so much for coming on, Ryan. My pleasure, Ryan. Thanks a lot. All right. That's uh, Ryan Gorsey uh, previewing USC versus Cal. So that's our show for today. Thanks so much for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.